0: See that you all follow the bishop, even as Jesus Christ does the Father, and the presbytery as you would the apostles. Let no man do anything connected with the church without the bishop. Let that be deemed a proper Eucharist which is administered either by the bishop or by one to whom he has entrusted it. Wherever the bishop shall appear, there let the multitude of the people also be even as wherever Jesus Christ is, there is the Catholic Church. That's from St. Ignatius of Antioch in the second century, describing our understanding and relationship to the bishop and ultimately the pope. Because today's gospel is kind of the, the primary or the quintessential passage in Scripture that we point to as Catholics as the reason and the need for the papacy in the way that we live out our faith that this is a particularly catholic character to our christian life fidelity to the pope so much so that other christians call us papists because of our fidelity to the pope but why why would this be so important to the character of our Catholic faith, this man who lives on the other side of the planet, who's never been to Canada and doesn't know what it means to be a Christian in Canada? Why listen to what he has to say and put our faith and trust in him as a leader for the universal church throughout the world? And I think a big part of it, if not the whole of it, is about guiding us through the most difficult parts of living a life of faith in this life. And to me, three things, three primary things came up in that. First, the unseen nature of our faith. We believe in an unseen God. Jesus Christ is no longer physically present with us. And so that belief in our unseen God is a challenge. The second one is the uncertainty of our faith. How can we know for sure the truth of what we believe in, and how do we come to a knowledge of that truth? And the third is the unconnectedness of our faith, that sometimes it can feel very lonely to be a Christian in the world. And I think the Pope is a gift for us in each of these three ways in our Catholic life. St. Ignatius says, let no man do anything connected with the church without the bishop. The unseen nature of God. Today, in the gospel, Jesus comes to his apostles asking, what's the popular, popular opinion of who I am? So they tell him things that they've heard as they've walked through different crowds of who Jesus is. And then he turns the question back on them. And I don't know about you, but if I was standing there, what would I answer? Who do you say that i am well you're jesus you're just jesus it's kind of like if your mother or father came up to you who do you say that i am Well, your mom your dad and that was the answer of 11 of the apostles except for peter who very boldly comes up to jesus you are the christ you're the anointed one sent by god the son of the living god God present in our midst. And Jesus' response to this from Peter is immediately, blessed are you because God has given you the grace to know this and to see this, and you are Peter. This is the moment in the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus gives Simon the name Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. What is this rock? It's that testimony of his faith this faith that Jesus desires for every human person to have. And by Jesus' proclamation, he's saying, Peter, you, your office as an apostle, a leader among the apostles, you are making tangible this proclamation of faith so that it will hold firm and the gates of hell will not prevail against this faith. And the office of the Pope becomes for us this tangible representation of the sturdiness of this faith that is often intangible and hard to see and to grasp in our life. It becomes this perpetual connection to that faith that was given as gift by Jesus through the Pope because he connects us to that whole history of the life of faith of the church. Because the role of the Pope is to safeguard that gift of faith. To not let the evils of this world stifle that faith. And to guide and lead the faithful along that path of faith. Which is why a couple of the different titles for the Pope. One, Holy Father. Because we are reminded by that of what our relationship is to faith. Faith isn't something that we possess for ourselves, that I either have it or I don't. Faith is this filial relationship. We are sons and daughters. and When we say Holy Father, it reminds us of that relationship to our faith. Another title for the Pope is the Vicar of Christ, that he makes present for us, that presence of Christ, that faith in Jesus Christ in our midst. And in that way, we become tied to that faith in God through his office as the successor of St. Peter. St. Ignatius also says, Let that be deemed a proper Eucharist which is administered either by the bishop or by one to whom he has entrusted it. Proper Eucharist. How can we be sure of the truth of what we believe? I was listening to TSN 1260 on the radio as I often do when I'm driving in the car, and one of the hosts this week, something came up in Major League Baseball and the the topic of faith briefly came came up in one of the things they were discussing. And the host of the show said, I'm a Catholic and I'm very grateful for a lot of the things that my Catholic faith has given me in my life and a lot of things that I don't like. That the Bible has a lot of good things to teach us, and it's a great story, but in my opinion, a lot of the things in there are not true. And my reaction was, who cares about your opinion? (laughs) But we've all heard it, and maybe we've even thought it, of Christians around us. Oh, I don't believe that to be true, and that I believe to be true. Our faith has to be something bigger than our opinion of it. It has to be rooted in a truth that's greater than any individual opinion. And We hear elsewhere in the Gospel when St. Thomas comes up to Jesus and he says, Lord, where are you going? How are we going to know how to get there? What's Jesus' answer? I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, how can we know him well enough To be certain of that truth in our life so that we're not swayed by just our own opinion but rooted in something bigger than ourselves. Two other titles of the Pope, successor of St. Peter and servant of the servants of God, that he is successor of Peter and this proclamation of faith, reminding us that we are part of something bigger than just our own personal faith. This is something that God willed for the world, and servant of the servants of God, that the role of the Pope is there to be our support in coming to know Christ, because it's not an easy thing to be sure of him in our life. And the best way that we have that for us as Catholics is the Eucharist the representation for us of the Last Supper, where Jesus gives us of himself body, blood, soul, and divinity. And how is that handed on to us? Through the successor of the apostles, who safeguards this proper Eucharist so that when you listen to me or Father Daniel pray the Mass, you're hearing the words of Christ from the Last Supper, that the Eucharistic prayer that you'll hear me pray today comes from the second century. It's the same prayer that has been prayed in the church since that time in celebrating the Mass. And it's the reason why at every Mass you will always hear the name of Pope Francis and of Archbishop Smith, because it's a reminder for us here in Gibbons in 2020 that what we do here is not just for us, that what we do here exists because we are in communion with Archbishop Smith, the Archdiocese of Edmonton, who draws us into communion with Pope Francis and the universal church that is throughout the world. That's what grows our certainty in our life. And finally, we are part of something bigger. This struggle with feeling a lack of connection in our faith. We feel kind of solitary in that. Sometimes within our own families, we feel very lonely in living out the faith. The last title of the Pope I'll give you, the Supreme Pontiff. Pontiff is the Latin word for bridge builder. That part of the role of the Pope is to be a builder of bridges, to preserve unity in the church. And we see what's happened in the history of Christianity, that the Christian church is so fractioned throughout the whole world. Now, for those of us that grew up Catholic, the reality of the Protestant church, the evangelical church, is beyond us. I remember being at Newman College and sitting down during a break in one of my classes with a Protestant Christian that was in my class. And I was just trying to mine him for what is it like to be part of an evangelical church? And he was describing kind of unabashedly how a pastor starts a church and gathers people in to follow and listen to what his teaching is and what his interpretation and understanding of the scriptures are. But if somebody disagrees with one of his teachings, then he goes up and challenges the pastor. And then if he starts to gather enough other people from within the community that share his understanding of that particular passage from Scripture that doesn't coincide with the pastor, then they just go down the street and start their own church. And this happens again and again. And the unity that Jesus himself desired for his church, that he prays to his Father at the Last Supper, Father, let them be one as you and I are one, falls apart. The Pope, helps preserve the unity of the church so that 2,000 years later, even after many have tried to dismantle the church, it remains. That even popes themselves, we know that they were not good popes in the history of the church. And the church and the office of Peter remains because there are so many more canonized, saintly popes than there were ever bad ones. And this keeps us connected to this universal church that is given to us. And if you've never been to an archdiocesan liturgy with a bishop at the cathedral, I would encourage you to do that. Obviously impossible right now, but once this COVID nonsense goes away. If you ever want to know when an archdiocesan event is happening, ask me. Because the experience of being with the bishop Surrounded by the priests of the archdiocese and religious and the lay faithful together, St. Ignatius says, wherever the bishop shall appear, there let the multitude of people be also. It becomes this experience of the universality of the church. If you've never had the chance to go to Rome and be with the Pope, I haven't either yet, and you have the opportunity, go. If you have the chance to go to a Eucharistic Congress or another large international gathering of the Church, go. You'll never feel alone in your faith again. It's the reason Pope John Paul II instituted World Youth Day. So the youth, Catholic youth of the world, could be reminded that there are practicing Catholics throughout the world and when I was there at World Youth Day in Poland in 2016, with 2.5 of my million of my closest Catholic friends sleeping out in a field, that was a powerful experience of the connectedness of faith. I would encourage you to seek that out, if you can, in your life. The Pope is a gift for us in our life of faith. He gives us a tangible representation of that gift of faith, keeps us connected to that faith in Jesus Christ. He gives us the assurance of truth in our life that has endured through centuries of human existence. And it keeps us connected to each other, preserves that unity when human temptation is always to divide. So we've got to pray for our Pope. We've got to pray for Pope Francis. Remember him in our prayers. We remember him at every mass. Say a little prayer for him when you hear his name. Because a saint from the 20th century, Saint Jose Maria Escrivá, he said, "Love for the Roman Pontiff must be in us, a delightful passion, for in him we see" glory.